But you can turn over to Matthew chapter 18. In Matthew chapter 18, we have our next parable we're going to be getting into. And this comes about because the disciples had come and asked him a question. And Jesus spent most of 18 answering this question. We're going to look particularly at the parable. But in this, they start off, of course, with a question about who is the greatest. And Jesus warns about offenses and tells the parable of the lost sheep and the dealing with the sinner and such. But we're going to focus here mostly on this parable, the parable of the unforgiving servant. And we'll just read over the parable here first before we get started. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, who owed him a hundred denarii, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into the prison till, till he should pay all the debt. So when his servant, when his fellow servants saw that he had done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespass, his trespasses. So this is the parable that he, he tells them. But again, we want to get into the purpose of this parable. The, the parable is at the end of a teaching session. He's been teaching his disciples on some things here. And this comes at the very end of it. So this parable is at the end of the teaching. It's for his disciples. Most of the, Some of the other parables are for people. But this one is for the disciples. It was brought on by their questions. This parable was brought on by the questions of the disciples. Now the purposes of the parables was this. We found this in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 10. When the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. He taught in parables because he was teaching around folks. To the disciples was given the, the mysteries of the kingdom, but not to everyone. Not everyone had the... that he, Jesus was teaching around people, which is why he used the parables. He was giving them the teaching, but they wouldn't understand it. And therefore, they wouldn't become responsible for it. But here, this, this is a very interesting parable because there's no other person around. It is just the disciples. Now, he said to them, is given the keys to the kingdom. So if the parables were intended to teach around the people who didn't want to hear, who had hard hearts, 
and he explained it to the disciples later, why do the parable? Right? There's no reason to do a parable when no one else is present. So we have to get in and understand what is the purpose of this parable? The purpose of this parable is not to hide truth. This one is different. The other one was to hide truth that people had actually searched for it, won it, and when they wanted it, when they searched for it, it would be revealed to them. But for, the, for this one, this one's purpose is to illustri- illustrate and not to conceal. The purpose of this parable is to illustrate the truth, not conceal it. What it does, and here's what we have to understand, we have to get back to the question. Too often Jesus teaches things and we have Jesus answer things that he was not intending to answer. Jesus is very specifically answering a question that the disciples came and asked about. Remember when we got into the end times teachings of Jesus? His disciples came and asked him three questions. One gospel covered two. The other gospel covered the, uh, the, the other missing one. But they asked him three questions. When will be your coming? What will be the sign of the end of the age and so forth? And, and Jesus answered those three questions. But too often we get into the, his teaching on the end times and we get Jesus answering a fourth and a fifth question. What about the rapture? And things of this nature. And we look for those answers in what Jesus taught. But Jesus wasn't asked the question and Jesus didn't answer it. So we have to go back to what did Jesus, what is the question that Jesus is answering? Because what he is illustrating here is answering the question that he was asked. It is not answering other questions. But we have this parable sometimes answering some questions that were not asked and probably not even intended to be answered. So first off, we have that the Peter came to Jesus and he said to him, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. What is the question? The question involves my forgiving of other people. Is the question, how does God forgive us? Then the answer is not how God forgives us, is it? The answer is how we are to forgive others. Right? We must understand Jesus' teaching in light of what he is trying to answer. He is using this parable not to conceal truth. We don't have to look for, all right, what's the hidden meaning in this parable? He is not trying to hide anything from anyone. These are people he wants to have the understanding. These are the people he wants the knowledge to. He is giving them an illustration that they can better understand and better visualize the truth he is teaching them. The question is, how often should I forgive my brother? It is not about how often God forgives us. It is not about whether God would forgive us or not. It is about how often should I forgive others? So it visualizes man's forgiveness, not God's. It visualizes man's forgiveness, not God's. It focuses on who... This is, this is really key. I want you to... to, to Not just write this down. I want you to get this part. This is what this parable is about. It focuses on who we don't forgive, not who we do. This parable focuses on who we do not forgive, not who we do forgive. That is what is important here. So we could forgive a thousand people and have one of these guys in it. This is what the parable is about. 
So you cannot stand there and say, well, look at all these people I forgave. He is looking at the one or two that we do not forgive. Ooh, don't you wish it wasn't that way? <laughs> don't you wish somewhere inside here that there was an emphasis on all the people that he did forgive? But it's not there. The whole emphasis, the whole illustration of this parable is on the people we do not forgive. And the result of it. That's it. It has nothing to do with brownie points or extra points that we get for forgiving people. It is all about the ones we didn't. Remember, let's go back to the question again. What did Peter ask? How often shall I forgive my brethren? Up to seven times. If I forgive my brother one time, is the parable about that time? If I forgive him two times, is the parable about that time? If I forgive him three, is it about that time? Four, five, six. If I forgive him seven times, is the parable about me forgiving him seven times? But if he comes to the eighth time and I decide I am not going to forgive him this time, is the parable about that? <laughs> That's what the parable is about. It's not looking at that you forgave him one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. It's looking at the time that you did not. This is what the parable is about. This is what Jesus is illustrating because this is what Peter asked. How often shall I forgive? So the idea is that there ought to be some time that I can be told I do not have to forgive him. Isn't that what Peter wants? Now up till now, they've used, and you can go through the Old Testament and I'm not going to to uh, bog you down with all this, but if you go through the Old Testament pattern, the Old Testament pattern was three times. So Peter went beyond three times. He's going to seven. Seven times, that's almost double. We're in the New Testament now, it's almost double what the Old Testament wanted me to do. It's just some, some numbers that they get. It's not necessarily that the Old Testament taught you to forgive people three times. Don't get that idea. But there's some um, things in the prophets where God held things up to, to, to three times. But anyway... I don't want to try and get you the idea that the Old Testament taught that, but the Jewish people came out with that understanding that three times was pretty much the mark. So he's going beyond that and going to seven. Jesus says, no, if you stop at seven, I'm going to be looking at the eighth. If you stop at 12, I'm going to be looking at number 13. The focus is on the time that you do not forgive. So according to this parable, when can we not forgive? After 70 times 7? No. The focus is on the time that you do not forgive. That's a pretty high standard, isn't it? You may all say, boy, that's, I don't know if I can do that one. So it focuses on who we do not forgive, not who we do. That's the focus of this thing. Now, understand this. Our problems in this life, our problems with forgiveness our problem with sin, our problems with burdens, our problems with all this, it is not what we let go of. It's what we hold on to. That's where our problems come in. And as soon as I get into a place where there is someone I will not forgive, it is because I am going to hold on to something. That's where our problem comes in. And he's trying to get us to release ourselves from that. Don't hold on to it. Don't hold, what you're holding on to is small. This guy held on to this small little debt. And I had the Weiss translation printed out for it. And uh, realized I didn't send it to my outline, so I resent it. I thought I did. <laughs> Apparently I didn't. So I'll have to, uh, you have to look that up on your own. But Weiss translation is phenomenal on this. Oh, he does such a good job with this one.
But I'll give you some of the highlights of what the, the Wish translation says on this. Let's go back on through. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Just keep on going. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, is this parable about how Jesus forgives us? No. So we cannot get the idea that we are brought before God the Father for the purpose of settling accounts. And God says, I demand payment for all of your sin. And I say, I can't pay. He says, well, then that's all for you. See you later. And then he has compassion on us. And then forget. that's not how our God forgives. How does our God forgive? In this life, when we go before God and say, I repent, and God forgives us. So then when we get into the next life and we stand before God, God isn't sitting there saying, you owe me. <laughs> because it's already taken care of. This parable is not about how God forgives. This parable is about what? How we forgive. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. I looked at all the different ways that you can calculate this out. And unfortunately, the text does not say the talents of what. So I, there's a couple of different ways that you can formulate this. The first way is if you look at this as Roman talents of silver. If it is Roman talents of silver, it is about three to four million dollars. That's a pretty good amount, isn't it? It sure is. However, I would really seriously doubt that a, uh, a Jewish author would pin something according to the talents of Romans when there are perfectly good Jewish talents to use. And if he used the Jewish talent of silver, the amount goes from three to four million to ten to twelve million dollars. That's if it's talents of silver. If it is Jewish talents of gold, it goes from <laughs> you're seeing this already, aren't you? It goes from ten to twelve million dollars to fifty million dollars. So it's a lot of money. <laughs> so we're going to go somewhere in the middle here, and we're just going to assume. Ten, uh, the, the talents are uh, Jewish talents of silver. Okay? We're going to work off of that. But understand, you could go to the talents of the Romans and go a little lower, or you go to the talents of gold and go higher. So we're just shooting right in the middle there. We're saying in the area of 10 to 12, and some of the stuff I saw that you know put it at 10 was a little older than some of the stuff I saw that put it at 12. So I'm going to assume that really the 12 is better in 4. Or I'm sorry, uh, 12, 12 million Talents. We're just going to go off of this number. $12 million. Okay? So when I talk about $12 million, you know that's what I'm referring to. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him $12 million. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. Now this is real interesting because in the Jewish law, a wife could not be sold for her husband's debts. Now for all the respect they had for women back then, I'm surprised at that, but <laughs> that's what was not Roman law, 
But that was when it was in the Jewish law. So good for them. If he gets himself in trouble, why in the world should she suffer? Because generally that was the, <laughs> it was the guy getting in trouble there, not the, not the woman. So he was not able to pay and he, he was commanded with his wife and children and all that he had and the payment be made. Now, if you were going to sell, you don't go, get on down to selling the kids, once you sell off all the assets, if you owe someone $12 million and you had to pay, would you not first off offer to sell off some of the assets and at least get some of it? And since the guy does not, we'll have to assume that whatever happened with the $12 million, it is either completely tied up or completely gone. Can you imagine having a $12 million debt? You think your mortgage is scary. A $12 million debt and you have no money. How much are you worth? I mean, how much are the kids really worth? You're going to sell all this stuff off and then you've got to work it off in jail. Well, if you're not making that much outside of jail, I don't think they pay you a whole lot in jail. Are you ever going to pay this off? No. Not going to pay it off. And, and God does not forgive us this way. This is not how God forgives us. He's, sh- he's showing us a pattern here. It's all that He wants to do. So don't learn from this how God forgave us. Because we learn from the, the rest of the Word of God how He forgives us. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Now, I will pay you all $12 million. I got no money. Whatever I did with the $12 million, it's either tied up or gone. So apparently I'm not real good with money. But somehow, I'm going to come up with it. Now, why does he say this? Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Now, we're not told how long he had been patient with them. Apparently, that's not an issue. But he'd been patient with them for at least some time, and he called the dead in. Now, as we said, Peter came up here, and he was. Uh, his question was, how many times, right? How many times shall I forgive? As we said, Peter, I didn't forgive you this for your outline, but he wants to live up to the, to the law. He's not understanding the principle. Jesus is about to unleash a principle here to them, and this is what he wants to get them. Now, the setting here is apart from the Jewish law, and that's because... The, uh, the Jews couldn't sell the wife. So that's how we know that it's apart from the Jewish law. But anyway, let's go on with this. The servant does not ask for forgiveness, but he asks for what? Give me time. Give me more time. Just be patient with me. I'm going to ask for more time. Why does he ask for more time? This is real important for us to understand the parable. Because that is the pattern that he has seen. If you owe someone money, and you don't have enough money to pay it now, you ask for more time. And then they either grant you more time or they don't. This servant has never seen a pattern where the debt would be forgiven. The only pattern he has seen is that time would be extended. So I will pay you the debt. Just give me more time. Give me more time. How many times should you forgive him? How many times? One, two, three, four, five. Jesus is teaching a principle here. The principle is what we need to get. The principle that this man is following is principle of time. Give me more time. But Jesus is going beyond this. And so the man says to him, because he has compassion on him, now go tell you what, we're just going to wipe this whole thing out. You can go your way. This breaks any pattern that this man has seen as far as forgiveness is concerned. I've not seen this pattern before. 
you just twelve million dollars? Can you imagine having so much money that you can forgive twelve million dollars? Can you imagine having so much money that you could lend twelve million dollars? <laughs> and he's probably not his only debtor. Twelve twelve million dollars, just lend it out. Whew. That's a lot of money to have there. Well, we know that the king is rich. And there is no doubt that the king is demonstrating us a pattern from God. But the pattern is not the pattern of how God forgives us so that we are saved. That's not the pattern. But there is a pattern here that he's trying to get across to them. So, let's go on and read the rest of the, of the parable here. We've got to get something, something else out. Where do we leave off? Verse 27. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion released him and forgave him the debt. But the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me and I will pay you all. That's the same thing that the previous one said, right? Because it's, he, he sees the pattern. I understand this pattern. I understand the pattern of giving me more time to pay the debt. And so he asked for this servant who was just forgiven in a, in a different pattern to forgive him according to the pattern that the first servant was familiar with. Give me more time. And the first servant, familiar with this pattern, asking for this pattern for himself, decided not to even measure up to the pattern of more time. Even though he was just shown a new pattern. He said, I'm not even going to measure up to the pattern of, of, of time. Now, here's the difference. How much was the other guy forgiven by the numbers that we're using? $12 million. By those same figures that we came to $12 million, this man owes 20 20 $20. Probably <laughs> mm. like Weiss, because Weiss, just, he just wrote it all in there just like that. $20. You just got forgiven $12 million. $12 million. You know, it's kind of like our government goes out there and they spend $1 trillion and then they all get together and brainstorm and come out and announce the next day, we have made $100 million worth of cuts. I mean, it's the same kind of a pattern. It's just ridiculous. You got a hundred million dollars of cuts after you spent one trillion dollars. You're going to demand a twenty dollar, twenty dollar debt after twelve million in forgiveness. You couldn't break out of the old pattern. This man was so stuck in his pattern that no, I'm going to demand it now. He couldn't even get into the pattern of give more time, let alone get into the pattern of, you know what, it's all forgiven. Because those are the three patterns we have in here. Those who demand it now, those who will give more time, and those who will forgive it completely. Those are the patterns that are in there. And this man regressed all the way back to the worst of the patterns even though he was just demonstrated a whole new pattern, one he had never thought of before, and certainly never thought could happen for $12 million. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. It's the exact same scenario. It's the exact same wording. There is nothing different. 
The only thing different is the heart of the man with the forgiveness. And he, he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. He didn't follow the pattern. We saw the pattern that was done. For, he didn't follow it. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry, delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. There's where we have the Father tied in. What he, what he is saying the Father will do is if you do not walk in the pattern that is set before you, then what has been given to you can be pulled out. You have been forgiven this huge debt. What Jesus is trying to get Peter to understand is when we walk in the area of salvation, we have been forgiven a huge debt. We didn't have to come begging before the Father and say, oh, have compassion on me. He said, here's the way. Walk in the way and compassion is yours. That's all you had to do. You didn't have to come and beg and hope that the Master would say, all right, we're going to have him. We'll grant you forgiveness. That's not his pattern. His pattern is accept Jesus Christ and forgiveness is given to you. The whole debt is gone. But we have to understand how much we have been forgiven. And if we understand how much we have been forgiven, and we understand that He forgave us in such a way that He wiped out the debt. He didn't say, I'm going to give you more time to make up for that. He didn't say, you know what, if you work this off, if you, uh, you know, say enough Hail Marys and Our Fathers and what else do they have you do for repentance and, and stuff like that. If, we have, if you do all that, then, uh, you know, I'll consider... No, he didn't follow that pattern. The pattern that was followed here was, it's gone. The debt's gone. And that would have been the last the debt was ever done with this thing, except for the fact that the guy went right out. And he found one who owed him some money. 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Now, when he comes before, this is, this is, this is so much fun when you see this one. When the servant comes before the master, the second time, after the servant, the other servants, fellow servants had said, he didn't forgive this guy. And he brings them back before him. He is called what kind of servant? Wicked servant. Did you notice in the entire parable, he was not called wicked when he owed $12 million and had no money to pay it. Did you notice that? He was not called wicked when he owed $12 million and he was not forgiven. He was called wicked when he would not forgive another. I put that in your outline for you. He is called wicked not when he stood in debt, but when he stood as unforgiving. That's when he is called wicked. Now Jesus is making up the story. He can call him wicked anytime he wants to. He chose to call him wicked when he stood as an unforgiving servant, not an indebted servant. Now, the servant would not have been able to forgive more debt than was already forgiven him, would he? And so what, what Jesus is trying to say is, no matter how many times your brother sins against you with a $20 sin, you're not going to come up to the $12 million that you have been forgiven. So as long 
as you have been forgiven more, then you extend that forgiveness to others. Past 70 times 7. Otherwise, you stand before the king as a wicked servant, not a forgiven one. That's the example we, we look at. That's what it, what's going on. So, what was the first question? How many times? Now, it's real fun when we talk about, you know, how many times should I forgive, you know, that brother in church, that sister in church? How many times should I forgive that brother or sister I don't see hardly at ever? But how about one, how many times should I forgive that brother or sister who happens to be my wife or husband? <laughs> how about, how many times should I forgive that one who's my son, daughter, uncle, grandfather, whatever it might be? How many times do we forgive those? Up to 70 times 7? How many times do we forgive them? Is there a limit that we should reach and say, you know what, I'm done with it. I'm not going to forgive that one anymore. I'm not going to do it. Now, we've told you before, the pattern that God has for forgiveness is when we ask for forgiveness, He extends it, right? As a believer, if we ask for forgiveness, He extends it. Did this servant who owed $20 ask for forgiveness? He asked for forgiveness according to the pattern that he understood, which was, just give me more time, I will come and pay it. That's the only pattern he understood. But the, new, the, the servant who just was forgiven $12 million was demonstrated a whole new pattern. Just wipe it out. Just wipe it out. This guy should have been going out and looking for a place to put that pattern to work. Oh, who can I wipe out? He should be out there looking for somebody. Who owes me some money? Who owes me some money? You, you owe me 20 bucks. You know what? Forget it. It's done. He should have been looking for a place to replicate the pattern. But he didn't. He went right out from there and he looked for a place that he would get some money because he has no money now maybe. I mean, you've got to have no money. If somebody loaned you $12 million and now you're looking for 20, you're looking for lunch money. <laughs> That's all he's looking for. Here's the, here's the, the principles we need to pull from this. And this, this here is here in your outline. Did the first servant approach the second in a way that would gain his brother. Gain his brother. Did the servant who was forgiven $20 million approach the second servant who owed him 20 Did he approach him in such a way that would gain his brother? He didn't do it, did he? But the king approached the first servant who owed $12 million. He approached him in such a way to gain him, didn't he? And then he went out and followed a pattern that wouldn't gain that brother. Now, forgiveness involves restoring someone to a place where they were before. And then trust, as you know, is rebuilt. But unless they ask for forgiveness, you really are not, as far as the pattern, as far as God is concerned, God's pattern is you ask for forgiveness and I'll extend it to you. But you've got to ask for forgiveness. It doesn't mean that if we haven't, you know, say. Anything in our life we haven't asked forgiveness for, there is no forgiveness for it because even the Word of God tells us some things, you know, if you do this, I'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So all that can be going around. Because we have a repentant heart. We come before God and says, Oh, Father God, I realize I blew it here. And God says, I'll not only forgive that, I'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's a good one. That's His pattern. That's what He'll do. He'll forgive us the whole debt. Get it all out of the way. 
But the problem is not in that I have to go out there and forgive all these people and restore them to the place where they were, even when they don't ask it. The problem is bitterness. When this first servant who owed $12 million came up to the second servant who owed $20, can you send some bitterness in him? How dare you withhold that $20 from me? You've had that for a week. Or whatever time it was. We don't know what time it was. It's just $20. I'm sure that you're just you know, going out there and doing things you shouldn't be doing instead of giving me that 20 bucks, Give it back. So here's a, here's a test you can do to find out that bitterness is getting on the inside of you. Because this is what you need to, to guard against is that bitterness. If a brother or sister in the Lord who has wronged you, has done something against you, who has somehow owed you something and didn't pay it back, spiritually, figuratively, whatever way you want to go, if you have bitterness and that person comes up to you and says, Jim, will you forgive me for this? And I'm bitter. Or he's bitter. He'll say, no. Because I got that bitterness in these. That's what we have to guard against is that bitterness. I cannot become bitter. I cannot become bitter. How bitter do you think that, that God was against Paul? Paul's going around killing people who followed after God. You think God was getting bitter? Could God have gotten bitter? He sure could have. But as soon as Paul repented, what did God do? All right, man, you're forgiven. Let's go. Let's get you on. Let's get you into the right way now. If God can do that with Paul, who went around killing members of his family, we can do it. So here's the bitterness test. So I want you to picture someone who's done you wrong. Picture someone who's, who's uh, brought harm to you, let you down in some way in which there needs to be some kind of forgiveness going on for. All right? Just picture someone like that. I'm sure if we thought hard enough, we could probably come up with one person, right? Do you visualize your next meeting with them? Do you sit there at night or wake up in the morning and just visualize the next time you're going to meet up with this person? Hmm, boy, am I looking forward to that. Boy, when I see them. Do you begin to visualize what's going to happen in that meeting? Do you visualize things that show you why you're right and why they're wrong? If that's the case, you might be bitter. Do you envision, as you visualize this meeting with this person, do you envision ways to hide your feelings? Do you envision yourself gritting your teeth? Hi, how you doing? How's the kids? How's things? And inside, you're saying other things. You're just not letting them come out. I hope you have an accident on the way home. I hope the roof falls in on your house. I don't know what kind of stuff you're thinking. You're you're thinking stuff like this, but out of your mouth comes, how the kids? How's Joe? Do you visualize? And as you're visualizing this meeting, you're seeing yourselves come together. You're seeing this big smile on your face, but inside you're feeling all the anger. You might be bitter. Do you visualize your next meeting? Do you envision ways to hide your feelings or appear loving and unburdened? You sit there and say, boy, when I meet them, they're going to see somebody happy and carefree and no problems and I'm not bothered by them at all. Of course you are. <laughs> but you're going to try and put off pictures of, of doing this, right? Well, you might be bitter. You know, the, the guy goes around, you know, you might be a redneck if. Well, you might be bitter if these things are going on. Do you see yourself doing this kind of stuff with these people? If you are, are, are caught up in thoughts of envisioning the next time that you meet up with them, how things are going to go, 
then probably you got some bitterness going on. Get rid of the bitterness. I put this in your outline too. If you need to look for ways to conceal what you feel, then you know where to go. If you're looking for ways to conceal what you feel, that's not a good thing. How can I conceal these things that I feel? Because you know what you feel isn't right. So you know where to go. you got to go to the Word. you got to get in prayer and say, Father God, I've got bitterness inside of me. I can't let this go on. i got to get rid of this. I have bitterness. And you got to get rid of that because if you don't, then you're going to meet up with a guy who owes you 20 bucks, so to speak, in the parable. And demand, give me that 20 bucks. Give it to me now. And we totally forgot the pattern that we were forgiven $12 million. We forgot the pattern of how we were forgiven. That God took a debt that we could not pay. And just because we came and accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, He wiped it all out. That's where we, we stand. And God's watching us. How are you doing with that pattern? Now, don't, don't get the idea, folks, that if you slip up, that that's it. You know, gnashing of teeth, places like that for you. No, there's, there's a growth process here. God realizes the growth, but realize you got to grow in this thing. you got to get rid of it. If you start envisioning meeting people that have let you down, who have hurt you, who have done things before you, and you're, oh, when I get together with them, what am I going to do? How am I going to say this? Oh, what would I do? You're allowing that bitterness to fester. You're allowing that bitterness to take over. Don't let that bitterness take over in your life. Stay with the way you're supposed to go. Now, here's a question for you to ask. Is Jesus satisfied by the number of times we forgive? Does Jesus care how many times we forgive? No. He cares about the times that we don't. I can throw a thousand times out to Him. Father God, look, a thousand times I've forgiven. Yeah, but what about over here? What about this one? This is the one that's holding you back. This is the one that's creating you a problem. This is the one that's bringing bitterness into your life. This is the one that brings unforgiveness in there. What about that one? Get rid of this one. This is the one that we need to focus on. We don't find out in the parable how many other people he may have passed who owed him some money. All we find out about is the one that he passed who owed him money. He says, pay it now. Pay it now. So here's what we're supposed to do, folks. We are... We are to forgive based on this. First off, the pattern. How the Master forgave me. How did the Master forgive me? He wiped it out. He didn't say, I'm going to give you more time to work that off. He said, it's gone. And it's done. That's how we do it. It's gone. It's done. I don't stew in it. it is, it's got to be one of the best things in the world that for, for someone to come before you and say, I need to ask your forgiveness for something. Oh yeah, what for? Well, uh, some years ago, I did this. You did? Really? Wow. Did I know that? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you knew it. Oh. I really don't remember that. But you need forgiveness. That's fine. You're forgiven. And we just go on because we haven't been meditating on it. We haven't been going over it and over it and over it and over it. We haven't envisioned the next time we would meet up with that person. We're following the pattern of how the Master forgave. Second one is principle. The pattern is how the Master forgave me. The principle is my actions impact me. 
We've got to understand this principle in forgiveness. That my actions towards forgiving others impact me. That's the principle he's teaching, isn't it? The path that I take towards forgiving other people impacts me. And he is so concerned about that with his disciples, he gives them a visual image. This is what happens. This is what's going on. Don't follow this pattern. Follow this one. Don't do the, the thing, demand now, no forgiveness. Follow this one. Wipe out the debt. So we got the pattern, how the master forgave me, and the principle, my actions impact me. And last is the purpose. The purpose is to gain your brother. That is the purpose of why we forgive. It is to gain the brother or sister. That's our purpose. We've got to gain them. Bring them on in. Instead of mulling over the things they did against us and getting bitter and angry, Father God, you love that one. Oh, I know that you love that one. I'm going to walk in that love that you have for them. We pray for them to get on back. Pray for them to get on out of that. That every time we meet up with them, we're thinking good things. We don't want to, to, to squash bad feelings. That's what it is. Pattern, principle, and purpose. The pattern, how the Master forgave me. The principle, how my actions impact me. And the purpose, which is to gain my brother. I've got to gain him. I've got to win him over. That's where we need to look. That's what we need to do. And all we need to do is look back and say, Father God, look at what you all did. Look at what you did. You forgave me such a huge debt. I have all that at my disposal to forgive other people. How much is $20 from $12 million? I mean, does it matter? Does it make any difference at all? If you have $12 million in your pocket and $20 bill slips out, are you running to get it? I don't know what that convert out to if you have $100 compared out to pennies. A fraction, some kind of a fraction of a penny? Oh, man. All the stuff that we're running after. Follow after the pattern that God has given. He did not give us this pattern to conceal any truth or try and put any hidden meaning in, in this. He gave this parable to illustrate this principle to His disciples so that they would remember it forever. He didn't want to just teach them the principle. He said, I'm going to give you an illustration. I'm going to give you something that you can visualize. And every time that you visualize this, I want you to picture forgiveness from the Father's standpoint. Picture forgiveness between you and your brother. Every time the thought comes, how often should I forgive this one? I want this whole picture to come into mind. I have been forgiven a huge debt. Does this little stuff even matter? Would I risk gaining $20 from my brother and lose $12 million in forgiveness? Is it worth the risk? No, it isn't worth the risk at all. And every time I can go back before God and say, Father God, that's a little $20 thing. That's nothing. Thank you so much for all that you forgave me. Thank you for the way that you have restored me and forgiven me of all the things that I've walked against. I don't need to be bitter. Every time you're laying there at night, then your mind wants to go and rehearse things that have been done against you. <laughs> just say, glory to God. Let's just put that little thing up against what I've done to God. How does, how does that work? You want me to focus on $20 when I've been given a $12 million forgiven, forgiven account? I don't think $20 is that big a deal. And we keep things in perspective. What a beautiful way to teach this to people that he gave it to them in such a way that they had a story and they could just compare 
$12 million to a $20 problem. Hmm. Nah, that's just a $20 problem. We're not going to lose any sleep over that. That's nothing. That's nothing. How can we win the brother over? Yeah, but look what they did to you. Oh, that is nothing. You know what I did to God? God forgave me. Glory to God, He forgave me. And I'm walking in that forgiveness now. I am so enjoying the forgiveness that my God did. Because He didn't say, I'm going to give you more time to pay it off. He said, I am forgiving you all. It's all wiped out. So you know what? It's all wiped out. I don't. Every time we want to go over those, those things with bitterness. Nah, I don't do it. Don't get bitter. Don't let it get a hold of you. Take the bitterness test every once in a while. You begin to see yourself envisioning meeting this person again. No, 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 no. No, bitterness isn't going to come near me. If you could begin to visualize and see, all right, how can I put a nice face on even though I'm not feeling all that good inside? Okay, that's bitterness. Now, I'm not saying that you can ever, you know, meet with somebody and have a less than stellar appearance. Jesus came in the temple when they were doing stuff they shouldn't do and he didn't have a real nice look on his face. He was mad. He confronted the Pharisees and he's mad. If there's some things that are wrong with what some people are doing, confront them on it. Paul had some people who did some things against the family of God and he confronted them on it. He didn't get there and said, oh, I need to be nice. I need to be kind and just need to be forgiving. No, they got a problem. We got to address it. We got to take care of it. Got to fix this thing. That's a, that's a different thing. I'm not being bitter. But as soon as I see repentance, what am I, what am I going to do? Oh, that's, done. that's good. Good, good. That's done. Taken care of. Wipe it out. Now let's go on. Because that's what we needed to get them to. The purpose was to win the brother. That's the purpose of forgiveness. It is to win the brother. The purpose of forgiveness is never so that you are right. It is to win the brother. Or sister. Win them back to God. Win them back for the family. Get them back as a friend. Get them back into the walking with God. That's the purpose of forgiveness. I asked Keith if he'd get a song ready. I found this song. Oh, it's a beautiful song to envision some of the things that we, we have uh, being taught inside here. Keith, you ready to play that? Had a lot of the things phrased the same way. So I thought that'd be a good song for y'all to to hear. I forgot exactly who the author was on that, but um, Keith probably can tell you for that on the on the back there. The heart that lets go is the heart that will know liberty. Mm. If you didn't get all the words in that, you can go out there and get that yourself. It only cost me a buck. But a good good song to understand the principles. Would you all stand with me? Father, we thank you so much for the help that you give us. You gave us a start. You forgave us this huge debt. And then you said, now go. Go and find other people that you can spread that with. Spread that wealth with. I forgave you all that. You don't have to ever bother paying it back. Now go and find others that you can do the same. We'll never, ever have anyone sin against us that would owe us as much as we have owed you. Thank you for the pattern that you showed us. A new pattern. One that just wipes things out and doesn't just give more time to work it off. That's the pattern the world knows. But that's not the pattern you want us to follow. Father, I thank you that you help us. 
The world wants to either cut us off and throw us in prison and be bitter. Or else they want you to earn their forgiveness. But you say, no, just grant it. Because of what's been granted to you. We have our choice which pattern we'll follow. Part of bitterness that says, nope, I'm going to throw you in prison. The part of earn it, go ahead and work it off. I'll give you more time. Or the part that follows the pattern of the master, just wipe it out. Just love them. Win the brother. Father, I thank you for the help that you give us on it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.